Welcome to Baby Soft Murder Hands. Where we talk, chat, argue, BS, and maybe even inform you about all things video games. Welcome to Baby Soft Murder Hands. These are your hosts, Bo and the Incredible Bo. Today, we'll be going over basically some previews and things we'd like to see at the 2012 E3 Expo, which will be coming up in the next week or so. Okay, here's where you can start talking about MGS. Alright, so some of the games we're looking forward to will be, uh, uh, quite a few of them are Konami titles, actually. We have Metal Gear Rising Revengeance uh, coming along, which will be the first game to allow you to play as a cyborg ninja in a non-restrictive sense. Um, you'll be playing as Raiden. Uh, this, will take some t this will take place sometime after uh, the fourth Metal Gear Solid. Now, Raiden basically has become somehow even more super murdery than he was before. And also he has an eye patch now. So I'm thinking that they're just trying to make him so awesome until he makes the world explode around him. Uh, but in the meantime, there is actually a lot of gore and explosions in this game, including dicing people up like they were literally made out of Swiss cheese. One of the other, one of the other nice perks about this will be the fact that he can use guns, unlike previous cyborg ninjas. He does see the purpose and use of a firearm. And basically, he can also shoot lightning, like he did in the cinematic for Metal Gear Solid 4, where he helped Snake at the last minute. Um, there will be lots of mech fighting, including a scene where apparently you're fighting Metal Gear Ray that's been modified to have swords for hands, as well as its rocket launchers and lasers, of course. Of course. Um, and he's not the only cyborg ninja anymore. I can only assume that the blue cyborg ninja that they showed in some of the pre-E3 trailers is Vamp. Because, well, he looks like Vamp. And it seems like he's Raiden's arch nemesis. I mean, you killed him in MGS2 multiple times. So assuming that just because you killed him in MGS4 doesn't actually mean he's dead. Uh, even though that time you used the whole nanomachines thing, you've already you were already shown multiple times that they can basically bring a dead body back to life with cyborg ninja technology. Um, another of you that have seen the trailer for this, uh, if you haven't, definitely catch it uh, at Konami streaming it at events.konami.com and. Check out the trailer, though, because honestly, what he's saying literally sounds as dry and boring as it could possibly when watching the trailer. Here's, yeah, the this trailer is... is packed with so much ultraviolence. The, tr the trailer says the game for itself. I don't even know why you'd be listening to me by this point. Just, it's called Google, people. Uh, pop it in, or it's called babysoftmurderhands.com. We do have the link to the trailer on our blog. Um... You want to see it. Now, Konami has more than that going on. Thank God. And, of course, it's not just Konami, really. It's Hideo Kojima. Um, another big Konami offering is going to be uh, the sequel to a kind of surprise title, Castlevania Lord of Shadows. Castlevania Lord of Shadows 2 is being scheduled to come out on PS3 and Xbox 360. And in the trailer that they show for this one, really more of a teaser, um, you know, we see Belmont fighting along um, a horde of, of monsters and, and creatures and even normal people 
an army, so to speak, as a vampire, right. shape shifting and wrecking shit. Now this bad. is because in one of the DLCs for Lords of Shadow, um, basically Belmont becomes a vampire now. Gabriel Belmont is a vampire, so they've k picked this up right off of where that left off from the looks of it. And Gabriel Vel Belmont is a vampire. Um, now at the end they show a That's dashing a figure. Listen now. They show a dashing figure standing in black, uh, long silver hair. Now, I will say this. Lords of Shadow is outside the original Castlevania storyline. It's a completely separate set of events. So I could be wildly speculating for absolutely no fucking reason. But if you guys are hearing this and you make the game, listen to me now because if you aren't doing this, just pretend you were doing this all along and do it anyway. We think... It's Alucard. Now, for those of you who never played Symphony of the Night, you have not lived properly. For those of you who have, you're literally whizzing your pants like little girls right now. Uh, it's very possible that Alucard will be in the next game, hopefully, as the protagonist of, the ser uh, of this one. We can only hope that you play as Alucard finally, which would be beyond badass. Um, moving on, Uh, there's also going to be a new Hitman coming out soon. Well, hold on. One more Konami oh, that's true. to mention. Well, hold on. Let me also say this. All three of the titles we're going to mention that are Konami are also Kojima Productions related. They all have the Foxhound logo attached to them. Just pointing that out. Uh, so I'm not sure what Konami does anymore that doesn't have him involved. Um... Now, Hideo, Hideo Kojima also saw fit to re-release his Mech Baby masterpiece, uh, Zone of the Enders 1 and 2, as an HD collection. Uh, so our Lord and Master saw it fit to grace us with improved graphics. Uh, and for those of you like me who are mech fanatics, you're going to be very happy with these improved graphics because now you can see all the little details. And once again, all the classic battles of Zone of the Enders will be back. Such as being Dingo, the protagonist of the second Zone of the Enders, fighting Leo, who was the character from the first Zone of the Enders. Now, the really cool part about this that makes my brother giddy as a schoolgirl is that Leo is the pilot of the Vic Viper. For those of you who are going, what's the Vic Viper? You've never played Gradius, apparently. Uh which was the classic Konami shooter. And this is all well and good. And so it's a re-release with really improved graphics. Audio remastered, nice of course. And pretty, of course, yeah. Um, the other thing is, uh, some other action games are coming out that are going to be more or less proving um, some old series still have some juice in them. And one of these that my brother is excited about is Hitman Absolution. Right, which is why I'm going to get, get to talk about this. All right. So, Hitman Absolution. Um, well, let's well, let's just do a recap of what Hitman is. Hitman is a series about being a professional assassin, agent 47, uh, who works for the International Contract Agency, the ICA. You're a clone. There's this convoluted story that I won't get too deep into, but the general idea is you're a clone, you're the perfect assassin, and you were the only clone, apparently, who had sentient thought, and you killed off everybody who got in your way. 
so that you could be alone finally. And basically the job keeps dragging you back in. So, in this newest one, after you faked your death in the previous game, Blood Money, you've now come to, and for those of you who are like, wait, we faked our deaths? You did. And if you didn't figure this out, it means you didn't beat the game properly. Try moving around your directional movement while you're in the sarcophagus in the Requiem stage during your funeral. You'll wake up, and you'll realize you're able to fight and get yourself out of there. Uh, you were never actually set up to die. She hit you with the death serum you used in uh, the rehab stage, and then the kiss was actually to revive you. So it's up to you to beat that. Anyway, so, spoiler alert for those of you who didn't know. Now, in the trailer for this one, we see uh, the Hitman guy, all bald and bloody. Like, well, and then he's we see, been carving off his barcode. And then we see some killer nuns coming his way, All right, is where the action begins. This, this trailer he's talking about pissed off a lot of hardcore fans, because what it depicted was action gameplay. And that has never been Agent 47's point. He's always been about never seeming to have been there. He's a ghost. That's the idea. Now, I will say this. There have been a lot of additions to the game to make it easier for newcomers. But, hardcore fans will find a lot of challenge and puzzle to be found and can turn off all of the new assistance systems that they've added to the game. Now, one important thing to mention with the Hitman series is that you've always been able to go in and run and gun or take your time and not get right. caught. So this the fact one that they're making it easier to be a run and gun and at the same time also be stealth is a good move. Right. And they've added new systems like your... Uh, your instinct system, which basically, you remember Batman Arkham Asylum, the detective mode where you could see through walls and see the skeletons of people? That's instinct mode, in, in, and at the same time you can also predict the walking trails of guards and stuff, because that's supposed to be his instinct. Well, that's fine and good, but it does kind of feel like you're cheating. You can turn it off, you don't have to use it. Also, for those of you who pre-ordered Hitman, you will have the Sniper Challenge minigame. Uh, so there's a little something to hold you over. In any case, it proves to be a good follow-up to the series for fans. Now, another good game that's coming up is coming through uh, an old, uh, very classic franchise in gaming, which is the Tomb Raider series, Tomb Raider Crossroads. This one here basically is proving to be more or less a whole new chapter and revamping of the entire Tomb Raider series. One thing the series was always plagued with is one is bad camera angles and two is very thin, uninteresting story. With this new game, based on the trailer, they're trying to give you an actual world to explore and an actual interesting graphics and it looks like, from what I can tell, they're going in the way of games like uh, Uncharted where it's going to be more of an adventure action game that more or less wows you like a Hollywood movie, which honestly probably is the best move for this series. Right, which begs the point of why would you get this instead of Uncharted, but I'll give them the chance because the new team that's been behind Tomb Raider has done a lot to save the series. I'll give them that. The whole thing is that the Tomb Raider series has always been about exploring exotic lands and figuring out how to survive those places. This is going to be the core difference in Tomb Raider from other games. And from if, assuming that what we're seeing in this trailer is any indication of what you'll be doing in the game, there's going to be parts where you're more or less cave crawling with a bow and arrow and a torch. 
It's going to be literally about surviving the wilderness and finding whatever it is that you're doing there. So, in my opinion, looks like it's promising. Now, this game is being published by Square Enix. Square, is, in and of itself, has become more or less like an EA in the gaming world, releasing lots of other titles, but they still have their own core IPs. And one of the things that they're going to be releasing, apparently a couple of related games for, is the Final Fantasy series, which should come as no surprise. They're releasing a new game called Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy, which is going to be a 3DS game. It's going to be the first Final Fantasy rhythm game. That's its tagline. 70 musical scores spanning an entire 25 years of Final Fantasy music. Now, I'm going to be honest... I'm not super psyched about this per se. I'm I'm not sure if he even is or if he's just bringing it up. It's worth noting just because it's more Square has been going out of their way to diversify their their reputation. Which, which is something actually to bring up about Hitman is this one is being published by Square Enix. This one is being published by Square Enix, and the big point that I'm making here is that with titles like Just Cause 2, this new Final Fantasy. They are, in in a lot of ways, just trying to spread their image again. Much like they did in the 90s. Except, here's the difference. They're doing it successfully now. Which in the 90s, all they released were failed B-rate titles of the genres that they wished they could branch into. Now, another thing that Square is doing is they're releasing Kingdom Hearts 3D, otherwise known as Dream Drop Distance. Uh, this is also going to be for 3DS. They have a very strong handheld lineup. Games coming out for iOS, Android, 3DS. So they're actually pushing real hard on, on becoming a strong mobile developer, which should come as no surprise because in Japan they've been releasing cell phone games for years, including sequels or follow-ups to Final Fantasy VII. Um, Final Fantasy Dimensions is another game they're coming out with, slated for summer. Going to be on iOS and Android. This one here is going to be a 2D pixel art graphics. Uh, more or less... More or less it's going to basically be a new Final Fantasy adventure designed for mobile phones. And it's going to be feeding off of the retro aspect of the classic Final Fantasies. Haven't seen any images of this one yet, but as soon as we do, we'll get it on the site. Um, it looks like they've got quite a few basic, uh, you know, adventure titles and also some action games that are, you know, coming out on these mobile devices. Another one's called Demon Score, which is using the Unreal 3 engine. That's going to be on Android and iOS. This one looks more like a proper... Looks like it might be more of a proper actual ad, uh, action looking game but where it uses card battle for the gameplay so the graphics will be unreal 3 engine with card game action with card game fight sequences from what we can tell you know again it's just more of their offerings which um, again, they're also going uh, to be supposedly they're also going to be supposedly demoing a or at least showing us an update for Final Fantasy XIV, which is supposedly going to be fixing a lot of issues and bugs that the game was going to have, or that the game has. Um, and one other thing we're seeing here on the list, they're also releasing a Darius Burst. 
which for you shmup fans, that's going to be on iOS. It was originally released on PSP, um, published originally by Tato, but apparently Square Enix is going to be re-releasing it. Um, and it's just another Darius game. With that said, another thing that, of course, is part of their lineup, as we already mentioned, Hitman Absolution, um, Tomb Raider, stuff like that. So, cool offerings from them. Nothing really groundbreaking, but they may wait until the convention to show us that, or until the expo to really show us that stuff. Right. Um, now, back on the side of games that will be interesting... Metal Gear Rising seems to be implementing some rather interesting gameplay mechanics that we've kind of seen before, but we've never really seen done correctly before, if you know what I mean. Uh, like a directional slash slowdown mode, where basically you're dicing them up with, with complete control over your blade. Um, as well as many QTE sequences by what well I, what I can assume are QTE sequences similar to the cinematics in Metal Gear Solid 4 um, where it'll happen more mid-combat almost like a God of War except far more interesting and an actually enjoyable gameplay and storyline you God of War fans can be free, can feel free to, to slam me in the comments uh, but let's face it your game's not that interesting uh, going onward also, it makes Ninja Gaiden seem like a wet sock. It really does. It's just going to be so amazingly good in every way, shape, or form. And this is more than just the fact that it's Hideo Kojima behind the game that makes me this, this proud of it. I'm watching the trailers, and this game is developed by Platinum Games. I'm watching the trailers, and it just it fills me with a want to play, more so than the Ninja Gaiden demo did. And the Ninja Gaiden demo was really good. These trailers are doing more on their own. All right, if we can take a break from him lubing up, up Hideo, and let's go ahead and move on to some others. Well, more specifically, they seem Namco just blatantly Bandai. violent, and yeah. I love that. Great. Namco Bandai, Even the robot one of fighting. our classic favorite developers, Namco particularly, um, they've got some showings for E3. This includes Tekken Tag Tournament 2, which we've shown you some screens and a character list of that previously. There are going to be some pre-order specials for that. I'm sure they're going to be showing that stuff off, costumes and whatnot. Um, another one is they're going to be releasing... They're going to be releasing apparently a new exclusive, PS3 exclusive RPG called Tales of Exilia 2. Um, now, I mean, in this day and age, you don't hear about exclusive titles coming out all the time anymore. So, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be a new a new RPG, which, from what we can see in the screens and whatnot, it's going to have some anime-like design ethic to it, which I guess makes sense from a company that releases the Tekken series and lots of other anime-related games. Um, they're also releasing Dark Souls Prepare to Die Edition. Now, if you played the original one and if you played its predecessor before that, you know that the Dark Souls series is more or less like playing... It's kind of like playing Diablo, but in third person. It's highly detailed, it's pretty thorough, and the graphics are beautiful. So they're going to be releasing the Prepare to Die Edition, which is going to be a basically PC version of this game. And it's going to have some, basically, the ability you can max out the graphics. You can make it look 
much better, although it's going to be a port. So we'll find out how great it's going to look or not shortly. Um, another big thing is going to be, of course, in the Bandai end of it, is Dragon Ball Z Connect. So, yep, you can now basically go ahead and pose and do the Kamehameha, and your Xbox will now help you do that. It, right. it can really be so, Vegito. Basically, the way that we was doing it, except in a way that you'll actually be able to do it yourself. Uh, also, I will say this. I probably will not want to get it, because I do not like the Kinect, and there is a lag to everything you do with it. Sounds like a bunch of hatery. The truth is Voicing kids are going to finally be able to act like Goku and do Kamehameha. Oh, we did that with rocks. Kids, get some imagination already. There's a reason why people invented highlighters and rocks, okay? Anyway. Now, going back to the Tekken Tag tournament end of it, uh, Tekken Tag 2, which has been highly, highly awaited, is going to be offered 2-on-2, 2-on-1, and 1-on-1 matches. Um, the roster is already huge, 44 in the arcade version, as well as it looks like by the time it hits the console, we'll be around 50 characters total, which is incredibly large. Um, some of the characters... Some of the characters that we're getting leaks on and seeing leaks on online include Human Ogre, Angel, and Kunimitsu. Um, basically, these are leaked screens. We don't know if they're wholly announced yet or totally um, legit yet. Another one that fans are hoping for is Dr. Baskanovich, which was in Tekken 3. He was a secret character, but he has actually not been included in, their count in the uh, character rosters yet. Um... A new DS game that Namco's also coming together with is a game based on the new Thundercats cartoon. So basically, no information on that yet, but they're going to be showing it at E3. Um, hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about that. Um, besides that, it looks like Namco is mostly focusing on the Tekken series and the Dragon Ball Z series. Um, so hopefully there will be some cool stuff. Uh, that they'll be kind of showing us first time there as well. And I do believe it's kind of important to bring this up with E3. Um, now, sometimes we see some really cool stuff and everybody gets psyched out about it. And then we get disappointed because games get canceled, whatever happens. So, keep in mind this is all pre-E3 still, not to mention. Things happen, things change. You know, don't don't get overly psyched about things that haven't necessarily happened yet, but do get completely psyched about things that are not that haven't happened yet, because that's what E3 is all about. It's about showing off everything that can be, not always will be, but definitely can be. Now, one thing I'm surprised this chump hasn't mentioned yet is the fact that we will more than likely see a very big showing from Microsoft on Halo 4, which is going to be the new series in the supposedly ended story. Well, it's the new trilogy, and the new trilogy is basically being produced, as I've mentioned before, by Spark 343 Industries, uh, which means not Bungie. Uh, this basically means, if the only reason you played it was Bungie, sorry. This also means that 343 Industries isn't a bad development house from what we've seen so far. They're not like Treyarch taking over Call of Duty. It, it does have a quality control to it. So, if Microsoft is willing, which I really think they are, because they aren't pushing this annual sequel shit per se, um, then Halo should be safe. 
you know, a sequel every two years is fine, okay, developers, you, you need to keep that in mind. A sequel every year does not give you the proper amount of time to create a video game of quality. Now, moving on, Halo 4 will be showcased at E3 for a four-hour event, including its new developer, 343 Industries, and also the return of Master Chief, who will be basically back as the main character of the story of Halo 4. Um, this game is due out in November, as per usual, just before Christmas. Um, other, there basically will be some other titles that Microsoft will be showing, Connect heavily based on the Connect. Microsoft seems to be pushing the Connect very hard this year, uh, mostly because that's its new gimmick. That's a new thing that they're pushing. The other thing is, I don't think, or at least my opinion, I don't think they're going to be showing the new Xbox 720 or whatever it's going to be called. And I kind of hope that they don't. Um, there's another year at least left in full-on promotion of the current 360, even though the graphics have basically hit a ceiling. I think it's still got a little more life in it. Sony, hopefully, will be showing some cool stuff with the PS Vita, um, which is depressingly not selling as well as it should be. In my opinion, I think it's a great handheld system with a very strong potential. And I personally Much blame a lot of this PSP on did. the power of smartphones these days and the fact that people think Angry Birds is a video game. Also, the fact that people Angry are Birds selling... Angry Birds developers jump off a bridge. Also, that people seem to be happy settling for lower-par graphics... Um, at, at a cheaper price. We Meanwhile, here's a company that's essentially pull, holding, pulling all the stops on portable gaming and literally giving you a system that's going to generate graphics as good as your PS3 right on your hand. To me, that's pretty amazing. I know Capcom is not sleeping on the Vita. They're releasing Ultimate MVC on the Vita, and they're also releasing Tekken X Street Fighter. Um, Capcom also is going to be showing Resident Evil 6, which... I don't think there could be more expectation put on a game than... than I'm sorry, did I say MJ6? I mean Resident Evil 6. And I don't think there could be more pressure put on a game than this one. Because after the success of Resident Evil 4 and the, and the extreme success of Resident Evil 5, RE6 has a big, big, big thing to top on those. Um, there was also that shooter game for Resident Evil, the Operations one, which got very bad reviews, but that was developed externally of Capcom. And now, it was to test, it was basically to test Resident Evil as an online multiplayer game. From what I understand, the reviews were less about gameplay, more about just lack of shit. No, it was purely about the gameplay. People were not digging the flow of the fights or anything. Okay. Resident now, Evil 6, though, is going to actually have multiplayer and co-op modes again. But the focus is going to be on action. Now, there, from what we've seen, there's returns of Chris, of Leon. It's going to be a big... So, all you fanboys and fangirls, set your vibration to high on the controller and let yourself get big, hit. It's going to be a big Resident Evil for. fuck fest, basically. Um, now, I will also say this. Uh, it does kind of seem like you might be able to shoot and walk at the same time. Which will further go towards 
Resident Evil being a full-on action game now. Right. Now, I will say this. Well, there's one other... I do feel kind of sad-ish, even though I wasn't that big of a fan of the early Resident Evils, that they've pulled away from that whole survival horror thing that its fans loved. Which is why I'd kind of like to see maybe if they made a few more mini-modes, you know? Something to appeal to those fans, because it feels like they're making the Mercenaries mode the main mode now. And, I mean, the fans have to be feeling like you literally just shit on them. The truth is Capcom could have done a lot right with the Raccoon City Operations or whatever it was called. They right. could have done something like what it did when they released Quake 3 Arena. Here we had Quake, we had Quake 2. Those were full I'm, games. They I'm going to disagree games. with on, that wholeheartedly. Just let me finish what because I'm Because I, I think I know what you're Just hold on. Okay. They had Quake 2, which was a full game, which was a story. It was actually heralded for telling a story in a first-person shooter game with good graphics. Then they came out with Quake 3 Arena. Now this Quake 3 basically took the whole game gameplay that everybody loves of first-person shooters, which is hardcore, frenetic action multiplayer. They could have done that with Resident Evil Raccoon City what Operations or whatever it's called. But they didn't, apparently. They kind of dropped the ball from, from the harsh critic crit critical review of that game. Now, there are some people who did enjoy it, but for the most part, it seems like the fans themselves, the general critical response of it was that it was not enjoyed. Now, part of that had to do with some glitches and a tight development budget and tight development schedule. Resident Evil 6 is getting the Hollywood treatment from Capcom. So we're going to assume that there's going to be a high level of polish and some extensive playability. Now, in the term Hollywood treatment, there is also this. It does feel like that they're basically tearing apart where Resident Evil once was, which is what I was touching on. And I don't quite agree with what he said about turning into the Quake 3 of the series. With well, the other what I'm one. saying is have a one-off game that does that. That'll last for years. I would have really preferred if they had just, and I really could suggest right now, who to have handed this game over to that would have done the game correctly. And I know I say this company a lot. They can do a lot of things because they've proven they can. But I can name two. One would have actually been to hand it over to Konami, which isn't common for large developers to hand things over to large developers, but it does happen. That's not even and true. Let Kojima and let Pro Kojima Productions take care of it. More specifically, let the MGO team take care of it. They built a very solid, fully multi-online uh, online multiplayer first person, uh, shooter that would have fit it perfectly. It had body effects, it had you got knocked down and it generated it. None of this shit like Call of Duty where you shoot someone in the face with a shotgun shell and they didn't even flinch. Honestly, all they really could have done, and if they really and wanted to come happy. out with a sequel that was just Emma, which was just multiplayer online, would have been just to come out with Resident Evil 5 Arena, second, honestly. Second company I could have suggested that would have been more expected would have been a company like id maybe, maybe handed to Bungie, maybe handed to freaking Epic. Somebody who makes shooters. Capcom does not make shooters. Name one successful shooter Capcom actually made. And I'm not talking about the 1948 series. <laughs> I'm talking about actually successful first-person or third-person shooters. They don't make many. Now, another strong offering from Capcom this year is going to be their display of the new, rebooted, Double May Cry series, which features a younger, 
darker-haired, skinnier, punk-like Dante. Um, it looks like the game's going to go for an ultra-violence, adult vulgarity theme towards it, although probably not quite as bad as some other games have done miserably. The core of it, basically, we're hoping for is solid gameplay, which should be expected from Capcom and the Devil May Cry series. But more importantly, a solid and acceptable story that doesn't make you shake your head. Um, some things that supposedly will not be shown at E3, there's a few surprises here. Um, Grand Theft Auto V, which is Rockstar's next next big, big game, supposedly may not actually be at E3, according to some CNN reports. Um, this is a big one to watch, because Grand Theft Auto series more or less sets the standard for massive games. GTA 3 did back in the day. And that's GTA 4 been came true out. for a while, although I do feel like soon they're close. If, they if they don't find some way to really jump it and get ahead of everybody like they did with GTA 3, uh, with GTA 3, they are going to fall behind because well, now they're making games and then other people are topping their games really quickly and the novelty is just that it's a Rockstar game these days. And some of Rockstar the Rockstar had, charm that Rockstar it does had have. A Rockstar has a specific charm. They have a winning formula. They know how to make a game that will be good and enjoyable. The thing is now gamers are having a higher expectation. Here's a game I'd like to see. Make another Manhunt. A good one though. You know, one that doesn't play clunky and shitty. Another company that supposedly will not be showing a highly anticipated sequel is Valve, who supposedly will not be showing Half-Life 3 nor Portal 3. Now, um, I'm going to say this. I'm glad that they show it. I mean, I'm glad that they don't show it rather than rush it to throw it out. That's not what Valve is about. They shouldn't start doing that out of peer pressure. Leave that to Activision. They know how to fuck up really good shooters by pushing them out before they're ready. Now, in some cases, and this goes for all the big boys, a lot of times they'll tell you something's not going to be there and then, it's and then there. do a surprise release. Right. Um, now, then there are times where it's realistic and where it really happens, like with Gun. With Gun, they were supposed to have it, and all they had there was a fucking picture of the word Gun rotating at E3 one year because they didn't have anything to show. Or nothing they thought was ready to show. And really all it did actually was build more mystery about the game. Which was kind of cool. Now, id Software will likely... And I was a fan of Gun. We, we can only assume that id Software will be there under the Bethesda banner. Which um, is honestly fitting. Because that's the direction id has gone in. Uh, is those RPG and shooters. And they'll be showing off presumably their new offering, which is Doom 3, the BFG edition, which we featured on the site previously. Which, um, This yeah. is basically going to be an HD revamp director's cut of Doom 3, where they fixed a bunch of the little quirks that people didn't like about Doom 3, despite it being an overall solid game. Um, more, most of this comes down to essentially improving the flow of the fights by, excuse me, by providing you more ammunition, and reducing the darkness of the levels, which made it more of a suspense game than an action game. Um, and then they're also including, and then they're also including the original Doom and Doom Two. Now, which for is those cool. of us like me who just see this as they basically they made the game easier, which I'm not a big fan of. 
They could have just added a new mission pack and made it more like the old Dooms in that it was better... Because the old Dooms had shitty lighting too, that was the point. But just increase the amount of enemies and basically they would have fixed all the old problems. Well, they didn't really have shitty lighting. The truth is they used the lighting as an effect in the game. Like in Doom 3. But the, the actual point was fact it was hard of it, Doom 3 made it to the point where you literally didn't want to go past any corners whereas Doom Doom, you could eventually get to a point where you're confident enough to blast through I honestly think a lot of that also has to do with the fact that by the time we played Doom 3 we were old enough to comprehend the word cover and reload whereas with the first two Dooms we were you know the, kid, the 14 year olds you see watching Friday the 13th we were all about the gore and the glamour of it uh, rather than actually paying attention to how we fought I thought limited ammo, you know, dark lighting, poor areas. I mean, the game had so few enemies, but it made you feel like they were everywhere because they could have been. People were popping out of dark corridors, wa false walls that were covered up by shadow anyway, so I didn't see the need for a false wall. I mean, they were really intricate. I actually uh, adored that about the game. I didn't think necessarily it was Doom, but it was still good. And I, I just feel like they should have made it a new mission pack then as well and given that to the fans rather than tell everyone, oh, well, here you go, we made it easier. Now, they may make it where it's an option. Play it the classic way with redone graphics or play it the new BFG way with redone graphics. If they do that, I'll be happy. Presumably it's going to be all the new way, which is fine. Which is honestly, kind of if they make the game as much better as they're saying, that's going to be great. Um, Carmack is also developing a head-mounted display, essentially a virtual reality unit, uses controlling. No word yet if that's going to be shown at E3, but it might be. Who knows? There's lots of surprises that can happen. Um, the other giant, of course, that's going to be at E3 and doing their press conference in the next few days is going to be Nintendo. Now, we've actually seen very little from Nintendo in terms of what they're actually going to have on there, um, but we can assume that they're going to spill the beans on a new Mario and potentially a new Zelda. That's all we can say. Um, Nintendo has a whole thing called Nintendo Direct where they're going to be going over what they're doing, but again, no information actually actually released other than that there's going to be stuff where they're talking about, as you could guess, Wii U, which is going to have some core Nintendo titles, of course. Um, Sony is going to be there as well. We can expect some hard pushing on the Vita. That's the product they've got out there. And we can hope, pray to God really, that there will not be a word mentioned of PS4. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer that although I am looking forward to the next generation and things like the ID Tech 5 engine and the Unreal 4 engine and even the, the Crytek engines look exciting as hell, um, if you really need those things, you can upgrade your PC for, and you want to spend $600 this year, buy another graphics card for your PC and you're ready to roll. Right. Um, and get Windows 7. On the other hand, let me say this. If you're a console gamer and you don't want to invest in that this year, pray that they don't. Because honestly, games are being developed by a lot more people now than they ever were. And we're, I mean, we're talking hundreds of people when they actually used to be developed by a few dozen people. Not only are they de being developed by hundreds of people, but sometimes they're taking longer than before, or being just being 
forced more or less to be getting done in half the time, hence the yearly sequels or the two-year sequels. Now, a sequel every two years or every 18 months makes sense. Um, anything less, less than that, like the way the Call of Duty series is, is honestly too much, in my opinion. And that's probably why they've split up the teams who do the Call of Duty series. Um, Infinity, Infinity Ward is seemingly handling only the Modern Warfare series now, and Treyarch, or whatever department it is now, is doing the ultra the black gimmicky ops. Black Ops um, with which its is shitty fine. zombies. But you know what? If crap. they do that, that's fine. And the truth is, having uh, zombies in Call of Duty was probably among the best things they did. It was to that a cute series. idea, but I do feel like they're overplaying. Well, it. in my opinion, it was originally a gimmicky idea that was a cute add-on, and it's now become an actual legitimate gameplay mode. The last one in Black Ops was actually really fun. Some of the new maps in Black was, Ops that they made for it were, and I good. thought it was pretty awesome how they worked in Romero of all people. Uh, to come in and, and we're talking about George in this big case, George. not John. Yeah, Big George to come in and, and f things up. Um, the next one presumably will have that in the more. And of uh, course, there was the one in space where you were the astronauts. Yeah. Um, now I will say this: Modern Warfare Three. I loved the fucking survival mode. I hope it continues. There's also a new shooter on the rise called Spec Ops. Uh, this has nothing to do with the Call of Duty series. It's not even an Activision game. Spec Ops is going to be a third-person shooter. Uh, and by the looks of it, the storyline is Apocalypse Now in the desert. Because you're being sent in to look for some operative, one of your buddies, and apparently also to assassinate an operative who's gone crazy is the best way to put it. And you need to go in there, kill him, and this is what I could piece together from the trailers, you need to go in there, kill him, kill off his whole militia army he's put together, kill off the fucking official military members that he brought into the dark side of what he's doing, and this way you can liberate the city that they've been terrorizing. Uh, so it, when you think about the whole, you know, top-notch soldier going crazy and starting his own little army, that is pretty much Apocalypse Now in the desert now. Uh, which is fine. Because that's actually kind of a cool concept for a game. Now, one other big showing, hopefully at E3, probably not the biggest. Although, if you consider the amount of offshoots and the amount of revenue it's made, EA, it should be a big one, is the new SimCity. They're rebooting the SimCity series. Uh, apparently scheduled for 2013. I'm excited. Because I'll be honest with you, I played SimCity on probably like five different systems, and it's an enjoyable game. It really is. It's the original, it's one of the original time wasters, honestly. You could sit there and play that game for hours and uh, be fully, fully into it. Another big one is a game called Soul Sacrifice. This is going to be on Vita, and it's being made by Keiji Inafune. It's a dark fantasy game. Now, for those of you who are in, uh, who are not familiar with KG Inafune, he is the man who used to work for Capcom, and he is the creator of. Hoping for chime in on there, he's the creator of Mega Man. So it's a new game. Sorry, I thought you knew where your own story was going. It was a new game. It's a new game by the guy who made Mega Man. 
Um, he also has produced Onimusha and the Dead Rising series. Honestly, he's probably one of the best game designers. Not probably. He is one of the best game designers of all time. So, it's going to be... Uh, this game was apparently originally only going to be a Japanese release, but it's coming out here as well. So, you know, hopefully a system seller for the Vita because it does need some big, big-name software. Um, the full Marathon Trilogy also just came out on the iOS. Um, I'm sure there will be some talk about that and maybe even some sort of bundling in of a console version or maybe Xbox version or something like that. Um, all in all, I mean, there's there's quite a, di quite a lot of things coming out that are going to be announced there, and I'm assuming lots of companies are holding back on what they're telling us because they want to make sure that they keep their leaks to a minimum. Right, and obviously they do let a certain amount out because that's how they make their money. Uh, if nobody knows what's happening, they aren't quite as excited as we are now because we know what's happening to a degree. The truth is, if they didn't announce anything, though, we would be probably reporting the same exact things we're reporting now based purely on fan speculation. Um, I am going to say that that's probably true because they did do a, a tremendous job this year of catering towards what the fans have been asking for. Now, presumably, there will also be... Um, much more information on the new Gears of War Although judgment. I, I won't completely say that last bit, only because if that was the case, Strider 3 and Shenmue 3 would have been announced as well. As my brother will agree on the Strider part. So, basically, Konami's got a strong offering. They've got Metal Gear, Metal Gear Rising, which is probably going to be the biggest title there next to Halo 4, I would say. Um, Capcom's coming in strong with the RE series, Double May Cry. Got a new Castlevania, got a new Tekken, um, new Halo, Sony pushing the Vita, Wii releasing the Wii U, or I should say Nintendo releasing the Wii U. Quite a bunch of things there to look at. Um, as news comes, you know, comes out, we'll be talking about it more. We did want to take a moment to touch on some of the things we were hoping or would like to see, um, which probably won't even be there. Um, one of the things that I'm hoping will be there, and this actually should be, hopefully, is uh, more information on The Last Guardian, which will be the next game in the ICO SOTC series. Now, this game's had a little bit of shuffling in the ranks in its development when the producer um, more or less separated himself from the company and has been working in an advisory role. But hopefully it will still land on its feet and be an excellent game. I, from what I can understand, he's wholly committed to making it a good game. Sony was pushing them on the deadline, which hopefully has been eased off and worked out. Right. Um, another, I, I do find that that's a shame when the developers rush things like that. Yeah. Or rather, now, I mean, as he portion. said, a game that he was looking forward to would be like Shenmue 3. But Which, I, think, I mean, every other E3, I mean, Yu Suzuki says, like, well, I certainly would like to. And then Sega says something like, well, it's not completely out of the question. Meaning, your dad just said maybe. Now, one company we actually didn't talk about a lot was Sega, um, which I had forgotten about, which is because they've become, unfortunately, forgettable. They they are um, just kind of one of the game developers these days now. They've released, re more recently, Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Part 2, which has got a bunch of fixes on it. We'll be doing a gameplay on that pretty soon. Um, Virtual Fighter 5 Final Showdown. 
That's going to be the follow-up to Virtual Fighter Five. Think of it like a turbo. It's going to be a revision. It's going to have all of the new arcade rules, PSN and Xbox Live Play, um, all the new, all new costumes, new animations, that whole thing. Um, so that actually is really good news because I really do like the Virtual Fighter Five series, and I think it kind of got played down when it came out due to all the other games coming out. Right. This Which year, honestly, is the year of the fighter. Virtual Fighter Five, honestly, was such a tremendously well-made game. Tekken Six's level of tuning is what Te Virtual Fighter Five had. Now, um, uh, Sega is cashing in on the HD remakes as well, um, with the re-release of Jet Set Radio, aka Jet Grind Radio. Um, it's going to get an HD re-release on Xbox Live and PSN. Presumably, they'll be showing some gameplay of that. Um, their other big game is Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed, um, which is going to be a follow-up to the actually very fun car racing game that they originally made called Sonic All-Stars Racing, which was pretty fun. Um, the Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed is kind of going to have more or less the things that we liked in the original game, and it looks like there's going to be more of it. We haven't heard much of it yet, um, but we've seen some screenshots of it that show... Very colorful, pretty-looking, you know, nearly, I don't want to say movie-like graphics, but the stages are pretty epic-looking. They look great. Um, so that's cool. I mean, that's kind of what, that's kind of what's going to separate the Sega racing, the Sonic and Sega racing series from Mario Kart. Mario Kart always had a very cartoony, unrealistic look. Um, if you ever played Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, it did have some very nice presentation with slightly quirky gameplay, but it was enjoyable. Hopefully they'll make this one a little smoother um, than the previous one, because the original one was excellent, honestly. If you have a kid, if you play racing games that, and you want a casual racing game for your friends, the Sonic All-Stars Racing is pretty fun. Um, and that the new one, Transformed, is going to be released on 360, PS3, PC, 3DS, and Vita. Get used to hearing those things together. Um, so that'll be one of Sega's offerings, along with the Virtual Fighter 5. Um, the other thing that they're going over is a new Super Monkey Ball, um, a new Dead Rabbit game, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit, Jet Set. Now there will be an Aliens game called Aliens Colonial Marines. Not sure if there's going to be any particular tie-in with the Prometheus movie or not. I'm assuming it's just another Aliens game. Check that out on the interwebs. Also, the Prometheus movie isn't directly related to aliens it may be in the same universe at best it actually is if you read the synopsis the movie apparently is going to more or less end with an alien coming out of somebody's chest mm. it's going to take us basically right up to the aliens movie but, uh, Ridley Scott's pretty much made that apparent um, Sega has another game mysteriously named The Cave not too sure what this game's going to be about. Um, some information about it was released this month, or last month, actually. Um, and it's it looks like more or less it's going to be like an adventure game, more cartoony and styling, stuff like that. So we're going to learn more about that shortly. I don't know if it's going to be any good, to be honest with you. Sega's been kind of a, a rough spot for me, because honestly, I've played their games my whole childhood, and it looks like they've they hit a point in their 
They did go to a low spot for quite a while, and I yeah. feel like they're leveling back up with titles like Vanquish under Same thing belt. could be... Well, Vanquish, honestly, that was a fucking good game. Well, they've been making games like that now, where they're just kind of sideliners. The truth is they only publish that game. But they're supporting games that don't suck again, which is a start. I mean, for a while, even the games they only published were shit. Now, so they're starting to realize people like good video games again. Yeah, now there's a couple there's of missing, missing franchises that people expect to see. Where we're hoping to see Fantasy Star Online 2, Yakuza 5. Um, will they be there? Who knows? But another game that I would like to see um, would be hopefully some footage of uh, Doom 4. You know, or maybe even some footage of Rage 2. Not expecting anything playable, but a teaser would be good. Um, it was teasing us with Rage since early 2007, 2006, I believe. So, to see some sort of movement on a, on a new Doom or Rage would be pretty good, maybe even Quake. Personally, we'd like to see, I mean, at least I would, like to see the original Quake remade. Um, not necessarily an HD remake, but actually remade would be pretty cool. Although they could do like uh, if you're ever if you're into the Quake modding community, you're probably familiar with the Dark Places. Dark Places is a mod for Quake that actually makes the game fully HD with high-res texture packs and then textured bumps and everything else. So it's pretty detailed stuff. Oh yeah, and we'd like to see Final Fantasy VII remade. Anyway, I, honestly, yeah, you guys, you fucking tech demoed that as PS3's tech demo. What the fuck? And then you give us a bunch of slightly watered down Final Fantasies. And the spin-offs, like with Final Fantasy VII, just gets to keep fucking getting the spin-offs. Make, make Final Fantasy VII again. Just why remake is, it for this generation, because honestly, it's why a great is that game. so hard to comprehend? Are you guys mentally handicapped? It's not like the two D ones where the kids can look at it and still think, "Oh, well, these graphics aren't completely terrible. These graphics are completely terrible." Looking at Final Fantasy VII, Cloud looks like he has pieces of coal for hands. You guys need to remake the fucking game for people. So otherwise. Let's hope for some new good stuff at E3. Let's hope that we don't see any new game consoles coming out. And let's hope that we see some Doom 4 footage. Other than that, check out our website, babysoftmurderhands.com. Leave us some comments. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We've also got a newsletter you can sign up for. We'll email you weekly digests. Thanks for listening, and bye.